0: Welcome to Pastors Confidential.
1: We're Michelle and Eric Waters.
0: Two pastors,
1: one podcast.
0: And here's what we're talking about today. Good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: It's a lovely morning.
1: It's a lovely morning. You know what? We forgot to pray again, so we let's did. do I it know. online. I, so I just pushed the play button no, when okay. we weren't even. We haven't even finished our outline.
0: Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day that you've given to us. God, we thank you for this opportunity to, uh, to record a podcast once again, and we pray. Lord Jesus, put us to use. Uh, God, put us to use as your servants that in something we say, uh, somehow someone might hear you speaking to them uh, to build up their faith and draw them closer to you. Jesus, we ask this in your name.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, before we get to that good mm-hmm. stuff that the Lord might speak, we're just going to have to backtrack here. We missed last week. We did, yes. Correct? I was in
0: lovely Florida. I was at a, uh, a pastoral coaching and conference, so I've... Uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when I was introducing the Unshakeable uh, mm-hmm. series, which I'm really enjoying, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Nelson Searcy. Uh, he's been my pastoral coach uh, on and off since 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then really intensively these last two years. Great guy. And what I love about him is that his stuff isn't just theoretical. It's very nuts and bolts. Yes, so he'll say, practical. you know, here's how you do evangelism. And then here's like, you know, four or five things you can take home and do in your church mm-hmm. right now. So mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's really practical. Okay. So I was down there for two days of in-person coaching, uh, and that was you know nine to six, and then I think nine to four the next day, and then that was followed by three days of a conference, and again nine to six, nine to four. So, so it was great. It's good to be down in Florida, but it was one of those where I basically saw the inside of a Floridian hotel conference room. Right.
1: For, well, wait. Now, is the so the coaching? That's a small group of people.
0: Yeah, the coaching. Poaching is a small group of people. I and, think there's about 15 of us.
1: Okay, and then the conference is how big? The conference, I think, was 80. Okay.
0: About 80 people, yeah. Okay. And it's interesting. I'm the, um, let's see, there's a Methodist and myself, I guess, yeah. The, so we're like the only, what used to be called the mainline churches. Yeah, you know,
1: liturgical uh, more.
0: And all the others are um, kind of Baptist, non-denominational, evangelical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's really an interesting uh, It's good for me to kind of hear the other side of the Protestant uh, spectrum, you know? Right. Um, And it's a nice... It's a racially diverse group, too. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a few uh, black preachers there, and it's interesting to hear things from their perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's been really good for me. It's been great, great coaching. But... Uh, that's why I wasn't able to record last right, week. Right,
1: but that's not the only reason because I don't think we even had a class because the last week was Ash oh, Wednesday, that's right? Right. Yeah, right. So, so the, we didn't even have to record. You were gone, but we weren't going to record right, anyways because
0: it was the one, yeah, yeah Ash Wednesday. Ash yes. Wednesday
1: when we had no class. But then you missed this class, Pastor yeah, Marilata. So we'll get there, but we're not and quite you know, there yet. Speaking
0: of Ash hmm? Wednesday, I mean, we had a, a kind of a banner Ash Wednesday for us. Mm-hmm. I think we we ran out of bulletins. I can't remember the count now, but it was something like 230 people or so, which yeah. you know, we've never had before. No. So that we was We ran out great. of bulletins
1: also when you were gone for the Holden's evening well, service. Yeah, I should leave more often and go And to we had to set up more tables for dinner. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people coming. That's
0: my growth strategy. I'll go to Florida.
1: I'll go to Florida yeah. and people will come. Okay, good. So that was a conference. Okay, then while you were gone, well, while you were coming back, Sam's team was winning the regional yeah. playoffs, so... They won on Friday and Saturday, big wins, and so big they are wins. now. This is basketball now we're talking about. So they are now into the state championship. Yes. And this is. Let's see. He went to state in basketball last year. He went to football in this year, football mm-hmm. this year, and he's going back to state. Um, but we should mention. I was thinking about this that Sophia always also went to state three times in cross country. She she Those did. two like to compete with each other, so yeah, we're yeah. going to say that she also got to go three times.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, I, I read a. a a book about family what's it uh birth order mm-hmm, you
1: know mm-hmm.
0: uh, and it talks about how um the firstborn male and the firstborn female in some ways uh are, are f- they they're both like firstborns they're well yeah kind of the like first but children, you mean
1: partner. like if it's a different yeah so we right. have two girls and then sam he functions as a firstborn uh, exactly that's yes, what i'm trying yes, to say yes, yeah. because he yeah. and, and so the and two first of them boy just yeah go at it yeah. oh yeah they love it yeah. um it's all fun um, okay, so that's basketball. Oh, and then we should mention we saw Jesus Revolution yeah, last we night. we saw that last night with Maddie. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, that was quite a good movie. It
1: yeah. was. It was interesting. It was very interesting. I knew some of that stuff about how big that movement was in the 70s, but not all of it.
0: Yeah, me too. You know, I've, I've just read two or maybe even three books about um, awakenings and revivals in American history. Uh, and this one, the, the, what's called the Jesus Movement of the 70s, you know, which, which was the... Uh, awakening or revival among the hippies, uh, the Jesus movement—you know—it it gets some press, but I, I had never actually really t- taken a deep dive into mm-hmm. it. So it's very interesting to see. Yeah.
1: Um, wait, it culminated in '72, though, right? Isn't that the end? Yeah, of it?
0: They, they kind of timed it '68 to '72, yeah, so okay. it would have been right at the height of like the, like right before we were born, and, ended, and then yeah. you know '72 kind of begins like the malaise of the '70s. Right. Uh, that was a different era. Right. Uh, but it was, it was a good movie. It's, it's certainly well worth seeing. Yep, it's it has, a true story. Um Kelsey Grammer from mm-hmm. Frasier and Cheers, who's mm-hmm. in there. He does a great job yep. playing a preacher. Um, Rumi, what is his name again? Jonathan Rumi, Jonathan who plays Rumi. Jesus
1: yep. in The Chosen. That was a little hard for me because I love him as Jesus in The Chosen. And here he played, you know, um, kind of the main hippie turned preacher mm-hmm. And he played it very well, obviously, but there's a little part in it where he's kind of falling out of favor with some people a little bit and kind of hard to see, you know, I'm used to seeing him as Jesus in that light. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, but he's good. He's a good actor. He's very good. Yeah, he's very good.
0: It's it's certainly well worth seeing. Yeah, oh, for sure. uh, For For sure. For people to, it it gave me hope too, you know, because I look around at our our current culture and, you know, uh, things aren't going all that great. And then you realize just how, how dire it must have seemed in the late 60s and 70s right. when the nation was tearing itself apart. Right. And, you know, God in his providence um, poured out his Holy Spirit upon that generation. Mm-hmm. Um, hundreds of thousands of, of young people came to Christ mm-hmm. and they started churches, which, you know, in the decades to come will go on to be some of the, the biggest, most important um, Protestant churches in America. Right. So, you know, I mean, perhaps God will do the same now.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Which and were we, hoping. yeah, we did take Matthew, who is 10 turning 11 this week. Uh, it's a PG 13 movie. Um, but he was fine that he kind of, well, he doesn't like there was a few kissing scenes yeah. which he closed his eyes because so he cute, thinks that's right. gross. But also, there's a, there's some pretty intense, uh, drug usage. You know, there's, they're getting almost getting into a car accident in one instance, and then a, a girl almost kind of overdoses. So that was, um, you Know he knew he, he what he took away from that was drugs are bad, so yeah, I guess which, that's a good, a good message. Sure. And yeah. it wasn't like too yeah. much, um, it wasn't like too much for him. He it was fine, he enjoyed the movie and he learned a lot from yeah, it. Yeah, it was very yeah. good. Yeah,
0: and you know, speaking of revivals, you know, there's this uh, uh, the Asbury revival, which I think we spoke a little bit about. We did, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: and we so, and you listened to the podcast. I told you to listen I to that podcast, I to the podcast. yes, okay, yes. okay and we good. spoke
0: about it at our coaching conference, okay. Yeah, uh, and then uh, following up on that, Mm -hmm. so we, here at our church, we're going to have a night of prayer, uh, which is, what is that, Wednesday the 29th, I think, Wednesday, March 29th.
1: Yes, it's not going to be one of our full-blown 24-hour prayers. No, we don't have,
0: because I didn't have time to put something like that together. But what we'll do is, uh, so after the Wednesday, we'll have our our normal Wednesday and Lenten services, and then about 7.30, or whenever the choir is done rehearsing, we'll... Mm -hmm. Head back to the sanctuary, and we'll have a time of prayer from say seven thirty to twelve, and midnight. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, seven thirty to twelve midnight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and invite people to come and pray. You Are know? you
1: going to do the slots again, where you sign up for a time?
0: You know, I don't know yet because yeah. there's not a whole lot there's of time. There's not many there's, slots. to yeah. invite people to come. Yeah, uh, but the the goal is to pray not only for yourself that God will bless you as you continue with your Lenten devotion. Mm-hmm. Because by that point, we'll be kind of over the hump. Almost done. Um, But more importantly, to pray for revival, to pray for uh, God's, the moving of God's spirit in our church, Mm -hmm. uh, that we'll see renewal and reawakening in our church and renewal and reawakening in the nation, especially among our young people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems that God truly is doing work in Asbury. And Lord willing, we'll see. Uh, as my coach said, we'll see the the sparks from that flame fly away and land in other places. Well, it already—it definitely already is. Um, so it's already spread to
1: other campuses, and also even Sophia has some stories about what's happening at Saint Olaf, which is really awesome yeah. because There's it is, after all, Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. and it <laughs> is after all Saint Olaf College, which hasn't been, even though it's a Christian college, hasn't been all that hospitable too. No. Uh, sort of evangelical Christians. But anyways, it's exciting. We will pray for that. So yeah, that's going to be uh, March 24th.
0: Uh, I, I think it's... The or something? I've got it on my calendar. Okay. I'm I think it's look. the 29th. It's the final Wednesday in March. Which yeah, I think you're is probably the right. Hold on. Uh, but we're working on that. So while she's looking it up, yeah. And so what we want to do is just give, the, give people the opportunity right. to participate in that, uh, to pray for it, to get behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lord willing, you know God will move in our own lives as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Okay. Well, let's wrap up before. Oh, wow, we're ten minutes in already. My goodness. But we're we have, short, we have a short we have a short lesson today. So let's move on to that. Uh, we are on the prophets in Crossways. Yes, we're
0: on the prophets. So this is uh, book three. This is now book three of six. Uh, so book three, in which uh, chapter twenty one. Uh, and book three is all about the prophets. So we will be in the prophets for this book and then mm-hmm. for about half of the next one. Uh, and the prophets are kind of a neglected area of uh, the Bible for most people. Yeah. If you just take a look at your, your Bible, um, the, the the prophets take up the last third of the Old Testament. Um, so it's, it's the, just the, the, prof- the book of the prophets, books of the prophets are a section to themselves about as long as the entire New Testament. Uh, so it's a very long section, yeah. but it's one that we tend to overlook and tend to jump over because we don't really know about it and because, frankly, it's really hard to understand. You know, it for sure is. Uh, you need to know a lot of history, mm-hmm. which is why we spend so many weeks laying down the groundwork of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even once you do know the history, you have to understand which prophet is speaking during which time and to which king and things like right. that. But that's the big deal. So we're going to spend this uh, the next, uh, from well, now for, until the end of the school year, uh, looking at the prophets, this major but often neglected section of the Bible, and one of the most important things to know about the prophets is that they didn't so much predict the future uh, as talk about the present, or as mm. the way our one of our uh, professors put it, they they weren't so much foretelling as forthtelling. Mm. Uh, and so now, of course, there are predictive elements. You know, uh, Isaiah seven: the virgin shall conceive For and bear sure. a son; his name shall be called Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, O Bethlehem of Judah, you know, mm-hmm. from you shall come forth one, one who is to rule. So there, there clearly, clearly, there are what we think of as prophecies right. uh, of you know of God working through people to, to tell us what will happen in the future. So right. Clearly, there's part of that, but really, the the weight of the prophets is not so much on foretelling the future, but on forthtelling into the present. And so the prophets would say forth telling hmm. so the prophets would say, thus says the Lord right so they speak on God's behalf okay um, they're not in, they're, they're not really charismatic preachers, they're not you know really smart people who kind of uh, understand the times, but rather they're speaking for God right thus says the Lord. so they they tell forth for God's sake okay and what they're talking about is uh, is the covenant that God made with his people. And so if you remember, you know god uh, when he when god uh, brought his people out of egypt to mount sinai god made a covenant with him there he said i'm the lord your god who brought you up out of the land of egypt out of the house of slavery all right here's what i've done for you
1: mm-hmm.
0: now here's what you do for me right uh and so that's the ten commandments and all the other 604 commandments of the old testament so here's what i've done for you mm-hmm. now here's what you do for me all right this is the covenant it's a, a two-way covenant and then God said, if you do these things, there will be blessings. I will you know, bless you and I will prosper you and I will give you peace and prosperity and so on and so forth. But if you don't do these things, there will be curses. Right. You know, then I will turn against you. Uh, and moreover, God said uh, that these blessings and curses are really tied to the promised land. So on Mount Sinai, God said to the people, I will bring you into the promised land and I will plant you there, but then you have to keep my covenant. Right. Um, and we see that even in the, the uh, Old Testament itself, um, the fourth commandment, honor your father and mother, that your yeah. years may be long in the land the Lord your God mm-hmm. is bringing you to. And then through Joshua, he brought them into the promised land and planted them there. And again, Joshua repeated that. Behold, I set before you today blessings and curses. Choose life that you may live. As this idea of, you know, obey God, keep the covenant, be faithful to him, and, and God will protect you here in the, in the promised land. Um, but that didn't always happen, and so we. By the time we get here to the the time of the prophets, um, God has had enough, <sighs> and it's and now in, in, it's important to remember again the history that you know God isn't he doesn't fly off the what's it doesn't fly off the handle right that you know Joshua brings the people in approximately 12 to 1400 BC depending on when you uh, how you count it. Uh, and then the prophets, really, their, their main activity is about 700, 800, 700, 600 AD. So you're talking, you know, centuries and centuries right. later. Um, in our modern Western uh, context, it would be the difference between now and the uh, in the high Middle Ages. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very, very long time that right. God put up with his people and would send them prophet after prophet, you know, Elijah, Elisha, saying to them, you know, return, repent, right. come back to me.
1: He is slow to anger.
0: Very slow to anger, centuries and centuries. But by the time we get to what we call the prophets, the literary prophets—that is, those prophets whose words have been written uh, down—God has had enough.
1: Right, and it's getting so blatant, right, as we talked about. You know, the generations go by. Yeah, the kings, the good kings, the bad kings. The bad kings were definitely in your face, bad.
0: Yeah, they were definitely in 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 their face, bad. Absolutely. Uh, And so, by this point, God has had enough. But even so, even when God has determined in His own mind what will happen. Mm He still loves his people, yep. and he still raises up prophets uh, to call his people back to himself, saying, repent, return to the Lord your mm-hmm. God, and you will be delivered, you will be saved. Right. Of course, they, they don't listen. Right. Uh, and so this, uh, finally, in chapter 21, it made sense back in, you know, why in back in chapter 20, he was talking about holy war, which seemed to dropped out of nowhere, mm. and now kind of makes sense because God is essentially fighting against his own people. Mm. Uh, Because they won't listen to him, right? And so God promises, okay. Well, if you're not going to listen to me, you know, I tried. I tried patience. I tried soft love. I tried the milk of human kindness, Hmm. Shakespeare would say. Very nice. Uh, And now I'm going to try, you know, um, smacking you upside the head with (laughs) a two by four. (laughs) And
1: sometimes that's how you have to do it in parenting too, right? That is absolutely. You have two tactics. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't actually smack our children with a two by four, just so you know. No, no, no. No, we definitely don't.
0: But and so for so God, uh, part of that fourth telling element is God sends the prophets to say, Behold, I am against you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have broken my covenant. You thought I wasn't paying attention. I did. I'm against you. Uh, And I am coming against you with the armies of these nations round about you. Right. So these empires that have been rising up over the horizon in the background the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians. God will fight against His own people. That's the holy war element. Yeah, right. So this is Isaiah chapter ten, verse five. God says, "Assyria, the rod of my anger, the mm. staff in uh, the staff in my and the staff of fury in my hand. Against a godless nation, I sent him. Against the people of my own wrath, I mm. command him." And so here, the idea is that God is turning against His people, and the Assyrians. Uh, are the instrument, the tool in God's hand to chastise his people, to punish his people for their sins, to call his people back to themselves.
1: So it's not like he's fully forsaking them. He's actually tough loving them.
0: He's he's tough loving them. And he's telling them what what he's doing.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Uh, So it's not like these things are happening in secret or that these things should take them by surprise. Right. Um, You know, God told them this would happen if they turned away from him. And Mm -hmm. then even as it is... Happening, God raises up prophets to explain to them right. what is happening, and how even at this last eleventh hour they can still be saved.
1: Right, right. It's kind of like as a parent, if you tell your kid if you do this, you're going to be punished, and then they proceed to do it, and you don't punish them. It's bad parenting, right? It's very bad parenting. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and so the important thing here is that if uh, one of the historical lines we've been tracing out is how, since the time of David and Solomon, which was right around a thousand BC since the time of David and Solomon, the historical situation changed. Mm-hmm. and So you go from 12 tribes to really more of nations as we think of them, or kingdoms as we mm-hmm. think of them, uh, and how the, the kingdom of, of Israel uh, is a small player on the international stage. Right. So you have the small player, and then there's the Assyrians and the big dogs, and the Egyptians and the Babylonians, those are all mm-hmm. the big players. Uh, and what the prophets are saying is that um, god has his hand on the steering wheel of history mm-hmm. that it's not just you know historical events are taking place but God is controlling them god right. is steering them and God is telling his people what will happen okay of course the tragedy is they don't listen right and this is I think one of the reasons why the prophets are both so important for us and so hard to read um, because no one likes to hear this kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know no one likes to hear stories of of uh, of people who wouldn't listen to reason, wouldn't listen to common sense and suffer for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it cuts off the close to home, you know?
1: Right. And that's a good point that we can read the prophets in that way, too. You know, there's obviously several layers when you're reading the prophets. But often they even refer to different periods in history. They can be read, you know, on different levels. But we can also take them to be directed at us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, the a good way to read prophecy is to talk about a near horizon and a far horizon. Hmm. So you can talk about, uh, uh, for, for example, next week, and uh, we'll look at the prophet Amos. So we'll have people read... The
1: prophet of doom. The
0: prophet of doom.
1: <laughs> One of our internship su- supervisors had a dog that was called Amos, the prophet of doom. Yeah, he he was, was like a little black poodle. Yeah, he was awesome.
0: <laughs> um, so people, if they want to read Amos chapters 3, 5, and 7. Yes. So Amos 3, 5, and 7. Uh, Amos, the prophet of doom. And so, you know, Amos is talking specifically to the situation in the northern kingdom of Israel, around 750, 720 before Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's the near horizon. He's talking to them. But then the far horizon, the principles of what he's talking about apply to all of us. Right. And so, you know, Amos takes the Israelites to task because they've, they've grown fat and happy, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. they've got affluence. They have peace and prosperity. And then they get lazy and they turn upon themselves. And they, you know, they indulge themselves. They forget the poor. They forget the needy. They forget God. Those principles remain the same. Sure. The far horizon principles remain the same. The near horizon is specific to that time.
1: Right, right. And even we're studying Acts. We're looking at Acts fifteen actually right now. And um, you know James when he is talking about what he's going to say to the church in Antioch about these Gentile Jewish relations mm-hmm. or whatever, he quotes from Amos. Yeah. And so that just shows that it's also applying further all the way to Jesus. It says, "After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild, and I will restore it, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who bear my name." Says the Lord, who does these things, things known from long ago.
0: Yeah, and it's wonderful. It's this passage God says, and then even after this terrible disaster happens. Mm You know, even then, on the far side of of this punishment, on the far side of the prison sentence, so to speak, there's going to be freedom mm-hmm. and a chance of a new life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll look. So, Amos chapters three, five, and seven, and uh, Amos chapter seven, so seven or eight. There's a wonderful prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ that we'll look at. Oh there is. So yeah. I'm gonna have to look at that. Um, and it's one of those that uh, you know only oh, I know in, it is, only yeah. in hindsight mm-hmm. do you realize what Amos was talking about.
1: Right. So. Exactly. So
0: exciting. It's uh it's a lot of work. You know, we, we spent a lot of time um getting people prepared for the prophets, and now that we're here I hope that they get something out of it. And what a wonderful time, Lent to be uh, <laughs> thinking about things like this.
1: The prophets of doom in Lent. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Okay, good. So we read Amos 3, 5, 7. Yep, and, and we root for the
0: greyhounds on Friday.
1: And we root for the greyhounds on Friday. Yep. All oh, right. and
0: uh, one last thing, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's Monday. Tomorrow uh, is Vicar Justin Baker's approval interview. So mm. this is the third and final interview for his uh, ordination process. Uh, assuming that he is approved, which he certainly should be.
1: Yes, but so should have you, and we almost had problems yeah, yeah. <laughs> depending on how things go. Yeah,
0: that's a whole other story. But <laughs> assuming he's approved, which he certainly should be, yes, uh, then at this point he would be a candidate for ordination, and the next step would be he starts the call process. Okay. He starts looking for uh, interviewing with churches to serve as a pastor. Okay. So please keep him in your prayers for tomorrow, Tuesday.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, until next week.
0: Thank you.